Hello everyone, this is Abnormal Mapping episode 152. I'm Jackson, uh, I'm not M, no M this time. Uh, it's a surprise secret episode. I'm joined by a special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Crystal. I've been on a couple episodes before, but not in a while. Yeah, very happy to have you here because you're here, as I asked you, uh, well, originally this was going to be released last month at the same time as the Shemu episode as like a surprise little anniversary thing, uh, but scheduling got very difficult. Also, by the way, playing an extra 30-hour game in the month where I already have six, the normal schedule, I'm not going to do that again. I'm just not going to do that again. That's a bad way we live. Uh, it's hard, hard to manage. Um, but no, I finally played Majora's Mask, uh, and Em was always like, oh, we're not going to do an episode on that, because, you know, there's not much talk about Zelda, um, and they're right about that, there's not much talk about which is why uh, I brought on Zelda expert Crystal uh, from the podcast Book of Majora, right? That's right, the Book of Majora is my Zelda podcast that I've been doing since 2017. Yeah. Mostly about, like, the story and the lore and the timeline. Yes, so uh, I brought Crestor on to have a slightly differently tinged conversation uh, than me just going, well, the thing about Majora's Mask is that it changes how you approach Zelda dungeons, which is true. It does change how you approach Zelda dungeons. Um, does it? Like, well, there's only four of them, and you've got to do them in like a time limit. I guess the, the dungeons are the actual, the, mo the most normal part. It changes everything else. Yeah, I would say the thing that struck me replaying this is that Everyone talks about, like, the weird, unique elements of it, but it's also just a good 3D Zelda game. Um, yeah. It, it, it really is. We don't have any other, like, I guess we're just getting into it. It's weird. It's weird. So I played, I played Majora, uh, Ocarina of Time earlier this year again. Uh, we did it for the podcast a couple years ago. And I played it again, thinking, like, I'll do it, and then I'll play Majora's Mask. And I tried to, and then I just kind of stopped, because uh, my wrist was hurting. Um, and I uh, got back to it this year. And my initial reaction, like, when I played the first, like, eight hours... Uh, back a few months ago, was, oh, damn, they the, the dungeons are finally good. Because <laughs> uh, I um, I liked Ocarina of Time a lot more on the replay, but I definitely remember thinking, wow, these dungeons are baby dungeons uh, until you get to, like, the Water Temple. I really like the Water Temple. I thought the Spirit Temple was okay. Um, what's the one that you go down in when you're using the... Uh, uh, the uh, the the uh, the Eye of Truth or whatever the, the Shadow Temple the Shadow Temple yeah I like the last three dungeons more than the ones before them um, but I remember thinking that Ocarina of Time's dungeons were kind of simple uh, and not as engaging as I wanted and then you start with um, um, the forest one in this one I forgot the name already uh, Woodfall Woodfall this Temple yes. Uh, and I'm like, oh, it's already at the same. The, we, it begins basically at the complexity that Ocarina of Time reaches at the end, and I was very happy to see that. Yeah, all four dungeons in this are bangers. Yeah. Um, I will say, I, I never really felt the time pressure in the dungeons, except for the first one, because I did that whole quest in one cycle. So I beat the boss like as the timer was counting down in the last hours, and that was fun. Yeah, the time, so the time is the thing that's interesting to me about this game, obviously. Uh, I guess top level, it's uh, we, I, we didn't do the summary part, but Majora's Mask, it's the sequel to Ocarina of Time from 2000. Uh, the first uh, Aonuma-directed Zelda game uh, based around uh, the timer 
uh, famously as Link goes to Termina and has to solve the, the mystery of Majora's Mask. He's attacked by Skull Kid, Epona is taken, he goes down basically the rabbit hole into this weird world uh, and forced into this time loop where he has to stop the moon crashing down on Termina. And you learn about the various plight of every NPC there, figure out what's going on, head into the moon, uh, defeat Majora's Mask, uh, befriend Skull Kid, and uh, carry on on your quest to find Navi one day in this wandering life uh, of the hero of time. That's the broad scale plot summary of Majora's Mask uh, just at the top before we then go back and talking about it um and yeah the uh when I when I did it the um time limit was the first time I did that dungeon it was great because I I finished it pretty like uh tight on the time and I remember running back to the like to get the princess to the uh to the guy um to the king right and reveal yes. that and doing that on the time pressure was very fun yeah i think that's where the time pressure works the best uh less so when you're just restarting cycles for side quests yeah i actually so ultimately so i play the 3ds version also um and there's a lot of debates about version differences i was uh told that um you know what you don't don't worry about it too much the previous version is, is fine the complaints are mostly nitty gritty things that won't matter too much um but i definitely came away com- complaining about a lot of things and looked all these things up and a lot of the things i was annoyed about were things they changed <laughs> really uh, like what like i think that and i don't know i you know, genuinely don't know whether this is a problem with the um save system in the remake or not uh but learning that the original save system just sends you back like you can only restart you can save and restart the loop that's all you can do right no Uh, you can you can make a save that puts you right back where you were but you have to quit the game oh yeah but you can't like die and then come back you know you can't like um there's a suspend feature i guess in in the yeah but it does not save statues in the way there are in the game uh, no no for um uh for the 3ds version uh and and so i remember thinking that the timer was just like really really easy to manipulate i guess it ended up barely being a concern like the first time i played when i was like starting to get the hang of it uh, i felt the time pressure a lot i felt like going between different areas and figuring things out and thinking of how things connect to each other was very satisfying uh which is the thing i like about like clockwork time loop games big fan of those noted on record um but eventually, like once you know, I figured out how to slow time, how to uh, set time to the right systems. Uh, it just basically became a, I, I go okay, this loop, I'm going to do this. I set the time to the right time. I do this. Uh, I go back. I reset the loop. Right, like it just felt very perfunctory. I guess eventually, I figured into the routine of how to just figure it out. <laughs> um, and I did. I did not feel the time pressure much at all. Uh, and I was told that like the 3ds gives you more ways to manipulate that, but I don't know necessarily the specifics. Yeah, I understand why they did that, because I played the 64 version Mm -hmm. on an Xbox Series X, and that's basically also how I completed the side quest, except that I had to do it in a more annoying way. (laughs) So so you you would say it's not like, it's not that the remake changes that, it just like reduces the friction of it, but fundamentally the design's still the same? Yes, and and I can see how maybe having a little friction there still Mm -hmm. helps the vibe, but... I don't know. By the time I was getting finishing up all the masks, I was I was tired of the time loop. That's fair enough. Um, I think my my other 3ds change that I had heard about and was definitely irritated about playing it. How I is that uh, apparently they they made the movement worse on two of the the masks. Um, 
the, specifically the swimming and the uh, Deku scrub link. Um, I didn't realize that the Deku scrub jumps were broken because I was trying to do the jumps. Why can't I fucking jump on these lily pads? Why is this game so annoying? And then I realized, oh, it's hard to jump on lily pads because they like change Link's acceleration in that form. Um, and then yeah, they took away the momentum-based jumping. Yeah, and you, they took away the uh, Zora swimming outside of like limited magic form. Like you know, it uses your magic meter. Uh, there's only certain areas where you can like go through the rings and get pick up the magic. Uh, things and like refill that instantly that is definitely the worst change they made because the really special thing about this game is not the time loop Mm -hmm. it's not the light core elements it's that all the movement feels really good yes and so that was my biggest disappointment is i was like the thing i want to do in this game with the time loop with like it's a game about space right if if the game is about time it is inherently about space because it becomes about what is the way you can learn the space such that you can move through it and understand it within the set time um thus the movement mechanics become like inherent the most important thing like uh, i really liked um dead rising but that is a game about how to position yourself through crowds of zombies right before it is a game about shooting zombies about running through them all uh it's a game about like your weird walk cycle um and necessarily, uh, I think, uh, I would say Majora's Mask is kind of that, but then it gives you so many ways to manipulate the timeline that it, like that side of it uh, ends up being less uh, central than I thought it was at the start. But definitely at the start, I thought it was going to be about like, okay, if I have more mastery of my movement, I can get more things done in a cycle. Um, but instead, I can just reset the cycle at any time and then skip to any time I need to. So I didn't, I didn't, need, didn't really need to worry about that. <laughs> Yeah, it's more about getting knowledge of where you have to be at the right time, I guess, and mm. less about movement. Yeah, because um, there's a few, there's like a few quest chains that like line into each other, um, and like you know, you need to decide what you're gonna do with the like old lady getting robbed uh, to see how that will affect whether you can like buy bombs or. Uh, whether you can like progress the the main letter quest line and stuff like that uh going forward through the town um and there's a little bit of that but it all just was like noted in my bomber's notebook and i was like all right i do that do that do that so it just felt like checking off a list um which i f- i feel like this comes off as a little negative but it's most it only is negative in that like I mean, it was getting really built up as like the time stuff is so cool uh and i ended up feeling it was like one of the less prominent parts of the design i guess How did you feel about uh, the NPC cycles coming off of Shenmue? It's not as good as Shenmue. It's like, this, this, the, this is so funny. It's like the worst thing you could do to Majora's Mask because <laughs> there's like two games that do this and there's Shenmue right next to it, which just does this. It just does NPC cycles. It just does uh, a little town that you learn where everyone lives. Like, Shenmue has houses and people leave their work to go back to the home and you can see them leaving their work and say, hey, that's my friend. He's going back home. Uh, I've got to go home now. Um, and the sense of like time is so different in Shenmue because the sense of time in Shenmue is all about like a specific mood and place uh, like of, you know, 1980s Japan. Uh, whereas the sense of time here is much more about the mechanical like linking together of all these puzzle pieces because it's a big Zelda puzzle. Um. Uh, Majora's Mask is not uh, free reactive in- uh, eyes entertainment absolutely not uh, the way that it is just like a big puzzle 
kind of ends up making me feel more detached from the NPCs because they're just these little programs that are moving around on a schedule and they don't feel as much like people the way the Shenmue NPCs do. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. I do think like, I think it, it has been oversold to me in like the ways it diverts from like the Nintendo formula. Uh, cause you, cause like, you hear about Ocarina of Time, obviously masterpiece, everyone loves it. Um, but it's a very formulaic game. Uh, and characters are not so much characters as they are like archetypes and, um, just like objects that move the plot and design in certain ways. Um, whereas Majora's Mask has like characters with names, right? You go to the meeting and everyone there has a name. Uh, you, you, you know, the, the innkeeper has a name and a side side quest and all the, uh, various NPCs have little bits of story to them and it fleshes them out. And like by the standards of Ocarina of Time, like crazy, it's amazing. Um, but I definitely do feel like eventually I should start to see the puzzle pieces of how I'm going to fit together the perfect, like not single run. Cause you, you can't do a single run that like lines up everything. Um, but I definitely like, as I go through the bomber's notebook, I'm checking off like, okay, I've done that. I've done that. I've done that. Um, and I, it was just more of a video game, video game than I guess I expected uh, from its reputation. Yeah, this is this is definitely a video game, video game. It's a sequel to Zelda sixty four. Yes. I don't really think it's that big of a shakeup of the Zelda formula. Um, I think it's like a shakeup of like, well, that's it. I think it is only a, a huge shakeup in terms of um, like what Zelda's like now. Uh, or I guess the not even now, but like the last twenty years of Zelda, I would say. But when um, the only games that had come out were like the prior four Zelda games, it's it's basically exact. It's very similar to um, Link's Awakening in terms of its relationship to uh, Ocarina of Time, right? Like Link's Awakening yeah. is a not as explicit a remix, but it is a uh, game built off of the reputation of and the team of. Uh, Link to the Past, it takes its ideas, twists it in a certain way, is also about Link arriving at a weird otherworldly place and solving everyone's problems, and then they all die at the end. In that one, they actually all really die. Uh, that yes. one, the world does end. Um, <laughs> and uh, here you like, stop the cataclysm. Um, and it's it's very it's very similar, right? You learn the various NPCs of that world. Uh, they all have little side quests and routines that uh, like, click into each other. Um and this is just like a kind of bigger scale Link's Awakening to me, which is very cool. I, I think I think the game's fucking great. Uh, I really like. It. I just like digging into the friction points. I guess. Yeah. It, well, I guess the reason I say it's not that big of a shakeup is because mm. being immersed in Zelda fandom, I've always heard so many people say that Ocarina sucks, but Majora's Mask is good. But in my experience playing this, they're kind of the same game. It's just Majora's Mask has better dungeons, like you said. It has so much better dungeons. I I don't think it has. I I, re I really like the Water Temple, and I played that one on um 3ds the first. I played Ocarina on 3ds, and like so I didn't have to get into the fucking menu. Uh, whereas playing um uh Majora's Mark on 3ds, uh, let me tell you, I don't ever want to sing the fucking uh song to make a little statue of myself ever again. Uh, because it takes forever. It takes a million billion years. <laughs> and I'm like, how is this not a button? Uh, the mask management's really annoying. It's very funny thinking about how like, oh, they, they changed the water boots thing and they never did that for any other dungeon in any of these <laughs> games. <laughs> um, so I definitely regretted not playing with that little uh, project restoration mod that like does make a lot of these adjustments. 
One of the advantages of playing on an Xbox is that I can bust out those songs really quick just using the right analog stick. Oh, yeah, that'll do. But you still have to watch the whole animation. Yeah, it's not that long. Um, yeah, I guess it's not. Um, I definitely thought it was like impacting the flow, but I, the dungeons themselves are like fucking great. I love to get confused and be like, where the fuck do I go? And then usually I'll figure it out. Um, very occasionally I'll look up a guy and go, oh, I've got to shoot the fucking icicles from the ceiling. How I forgot I did that one time. I was trying the other <laughs> things, but it was this thing. Uh, but 80% of the time I can figure it out. Cause I, uh, you know, the, they, you have the information to solve the puzzles. You've played Ocarina of Time more recently, more recently than me. Were yes. the dungeons in that larger? Uh, no, 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 significantly okay. not. Uh, I would say that, um. Moonfall's just like a little, uh, not Moonfall, uh, Woodfall uh, is a little shorter than the endgame dungeons of Ocarina of Time, and then they immediately get longer. Okay. Yeah, I was struck by how it didn't seem like there were that many rooms in these dungeons, which made them feel like nice and trim and concise. The dungeons here definitely have way more, like, the dungeons in Ocarina of Time, I would say, are shorter, uh, but they have more rooms. Okay, um, that must be what I'm remembering. There's a lot more single rooms in Ocarina of Time, and like, here's a little thing you're going to, or like, the, I always think about the forest temple that has the, the two like winding paths that you have to go through, and all those like small key doors, um, mm-hmm. and it makes you feel like there's going to be more like branches than there are because there's really only one small key you can use on one door at any given time. Um, but the dungeon has like this winding path you have to go through. Whereas I feel like most of the dungeons here have like big central areas that you're uh, crossing through constantly. Um, like the, you know, punching out the little things in the tower uh, to uh, like go back and forth and stuff like that. Uh, it's, and you know, there's a big central room you cross in uh, Woodfall a million times. And obviously uh, you turn the big tower over at the end and the big rotating room in the water, this, this game's water temple. Um, I think that they had really perfected that kind of like dungeons rotate, not rotating this sometimes literally actually rotating, uh, but dungeons censoring on like a room, like that connects everything. There's nothing as annoying as the big, um, what's the dungeon in Ocarina of Time? Um, is it the fire temple? There's one really fucking annoying dungeon in Ocarina of Time. I'm going to have to look it up. The, whether the, um, like, Goron's a prisoner. Is it the Goron's or someone else a prisoner? Yeah, that must be the fire temple then. Um, yeah, I guess, I think it's the fire temple. But where there's, like, various, um, like, various rooms with, like, sand blocks and you can go through the right ones to get, I remember that dungeon being really annoying. Uh, and I, th- I think that like the dungeon design is a little sloppier in Ocarina of Time. They've truly learned the lessons from that game here. Um. Yeah, I, I thought I was really impressed by like the verticality of the central rooms in this dungeon. Yes. Especially in the Goron Temple, because you keep returning to that big, tall room over and over. And I guess that's only possible because of the RAM expansion pack. So they're putting that to use. Uh, oh, right. I guess I, I guess they are like getting a it was like designed for the 64 dd right and then that's a instead yes. push it for the expansion pack that makes sense i noticed it a lot in the interiors as well where there would be like a lot of little 3d objects on the shelves and there were no pre-rendered backgrounds in this game like there are in ocarina oh well they're not i i am um, 
playing on the 3DS version, I never know what's like redone because Ocarina of Time 3D redid all those backgrounds to be polygonal. Yeah. It yeah, Link's house and Castle Town are pre-rendered backgrounds, but none of those are Majora's Mask. It's all 3D, and you can always look around in first person. Okay, that that makes sense, I guess, because the pre-rendered backgrounds look like shit in Ocarina of Time because they don't look very good. <laughs> While I am generally, generally speaking, the, I love pre-rendered backgrounds. They look great. The Nintendo 64 is not a console designed for that. Nope. Uh. If it was on the PlayStation, I'd be like, give me some more Zelda pre-rendered backgrounds. But uh, Nintendo did not choose to use CD-ROMs in their games. If, if Nintendo made Zelda for the PlayStation, that would be so good. <laughs> I, I don't even know what that would look like. Like, a, not even a PlayStation, but just like, what, if Zelda, 3D Zelda came in like the, the CD-ROM era where they couldn't like... You know, where the rooms had to be smaller, I guess, but they could be more graphically detailed. I don't even, I genuinely don't know what that would look like. I mean, the entire history of games would be different. I would think like still mostly 2D and top down or at least fixed perspective, but with pre-rendered backgrounds. Basically Resident Evil is what I'm asking for. I do like Resident Evil more than Zelda. That's just true of me. Uh, but that's that's just who I am, I guess. Um, I guess I'm edge a little more Zelda, but I do love Resident Evil. I do love finding keys to open doors. Yeah, in both games, I love to find keys and open doors. Um, I think the thing that Resident Evil has is just a bit harder. Uh, this this is the problem I have with this game is it's a little too easy is the wrong word. I was just I was thinking a lot about Zelda difficulty in this, and I I this is an area where I think like terms are a little hard to like nail down. In the I don't know what to to say when i say the game's too easy or hard because i don't know what difficulty means in zelda games because difficulty in zelda games isn't like a spec it's dark souls games right are hard right in ways that are very clear uh, it's hard to fight the guy uh it's usually very easy to fight the guy in zelda so the difficulty in these games is like puzzle solving stuff and it's usually very binary either you know the solution or you don't um and i came to want a little more like granularity on that uh i think there were a few times um where uh there were like shades of gray uh in like certain bosses that weren't just the cycle like three hit cycles i know this is like a change uh like they added big glowing eyes to the bosses <laughs> in, in the 3ds <laughs> yeah. version um but like i really like the um uh the the, the big eye the, the one that's like the uh a 3d version of that link to the past boss with the like eyes rotating around him uh i forgot the name twin mold um not twin mold that's the uh no not twin mold the um the big the, in the secret shrine mm, i'm not remembering this one um well i'm f I, I it doesn't matter uh but I, I think that generally the bosses were like just puzzle bosses that you beat. Um, Did you enjoy wrestling Twin Mold at least? <laughs> it was it was kind of annoying. It was kind of <laughs> annoying. And then that I looked that up and was like, oh, that was, you didn't do that originally. Okay. <laughs> no, the bosses in the Nintendo sixty four version are mostly just worse, except for Goat, who's always fun because it's fun to just crash into someone. Um. Yeah. But th this is the thing I th I think the movement loses is that when there's a time limit, 
when there's a time limit and you you have to complete a dungeon within a certain amount of time or you lose your progress um i think it becomes valuable to have a form of like difficulty that isn't black or white uh mm -hmm. Because I want there to be things like, oh, this thing was hard, so it took me longer, right? Not this, th where that doesn't really happen much. I'm either beating a thing because it's, I know the answer because I know the solution to the puzzle, uh, or I am stuck and I'm waiting to figure it out. Uh, I think the movement is the thing that like creates this uh, difference. And this is where like the, the lack of being able to do the cool swimming in the water temple really, really did drag that one down for me um what was the first boss like on the 3ds version really really easy i just shot him with arrows and then hit him a million times okay he was a little harder on nintendo 64 and that was the one where i felt the pressure because there's not really like a trick to him exactly you just kind of have to hit him with bombs and arrows i remember so because I, he i fought him twice because i fought him when i played the game uh few months ago and i restarted this time and i remember that time i was doing the thing where i was changing into deku link um and trying to like hit him from the top which i think is the intended new method you're meant to do um and i realized that i couldn't do that uh i didn't have to do that i'd literally i shot him with an arrow he would flinch and then i would immediately hit him um i, I it felt like i had cheated somehow i was like is that really how you're meant to beat him that's so weird <laughs> Hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I thought the bosses were like okay. They weren't like a super highlight, but that's mostly because I think that the combat at this point is not very good. Um, I know Zelda combat gets a little better going forward, um, but we're very much in the early th like you know they're inventing three D like this kind of three D combat like Z targeting is two years old, uh, so I don't right. hold it against the game. Um, but it is when I like compare it to uh, other games of this type, I am th thinking about. Uh, hey, I really like I really like some uh, uh, different like some shakeups and combats uh, and situations that have a little, enough complexity to um, draw out different levels of difficulty. Because like the main reward for doing things is heart pieces. Um, yes, but I don't need them because I don't die much. My worry is like running out of time and not being able to solve the puzzle. Um, but while i will be taking damage because i'm not playing perfectly if if i suddenly get on low health i can generally you know uh get on my game and be like okay i'm just not i'm just gonna read the enemy attacks and only hit when there's an opening and there's always an opening even if you're fighting an iron knuckle um you just gotta wait keep your shield up and then hit at the right time and it's just a matter of how long like depending on how good your sword is how many hits it'll take um and also if you die you just respawn it's not like you have to restart the cycle <laughs> right. it's not a big deal it's just not a not a big deal so there's not that much like friction pushing back on uh on the exploration parts i guess um the other part of the uh binary um zelda design stuff that annoyed me is something that is like very funny now with, with breath of the wild which is completely the opposite has gone the entire opposite direction is this is like your movement abilities can really only be used in completely intentional ways. You cannot break them. And I know you can in speed. I, you, I know people have figured it actually figured it out, but a normal person cannot break them. Uh, and I cannot use mechanics in ways that I find interesting. The one I always think of is um, you get into your Goron form and your Goron form can do a big jump, but the jump has no forward momentum. You cannot give that jump forward momentum to get up on any ledges. Uh, 
And it's like, why? Why can't I do this? That would be fun. It would be fun and interesting to use my movement in ways. And the reason is it would break literally half the puzzles in that dungeon. Right. <laughs> like, I understand why uh, it is a series of rigid lock and keys, but it do- I do want to, like, be expressive uh, with my character. Uh, and the game just doesn't have the design space for that. You want an action game. I want an action game. But this is the thing that, like, Breath of the Wild is, right? Like... In yeah. that game, is like your climbing isn't defined. You can't. You can go in weird places and use your various mechanics in like by Tears of the Kingdom, which I haven't played. But you're just making fucking Banjo Kazooie little devices to like solve problems in a completely unintended way. The like, complete 180 degree shift uh, in design priorities, which is why I'm very interested to play that game one day because I know it also brings back dungeons. Those two things seem completely like no, not compatible at all. I assume they're like separated. I don't know how that works. Um, I know you've played that game, but I don't know how they mix those two ideas because they they could not be more apart design-wise. Uh, you just have to find some way to get a thing and then bring it back to a point. Mm-hmm. It's a Pretty literal, much. <laughs> literal um, nuts and bolts stuff. Yes. I wow. This was very refreshing playing this after Tears of the Kingdom because they used to make Zelda games and they don't <laughs> make Zelda games anymore. Uh, yeah. It's it's true though. They made this game in a year. They made this game in a year. They, it's crazy. They made video games in a year, and like it wasn't a good year. They were crunching pretty hard. I'm not defending making video games in this way, um, but I I don't actually necessarily think the working conditions on making a Breath of the Wild sequel for six years were that much better. It just took them longer. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It it definitely is like. Because I know you're more plugged into the Zelda fan, like culture wars over this, and people saying like, "Oh, they need to go back to the old Zelda, or they need to stop complaining. They've had enough old Zeldas." But I feel like the real thing is like they used to be Zelda games regularly, and you can make different ones. It wasn't like there was only one every six years, right? It's not like they're making a ton of knockoff 3D Zeldas either, like they used to. That's true. Where's Darksiders gone? <laughs> Where has Darksiders gone? Did, wasn't that most recent one like a Souls game? Yes, they knocked off the new thing that was knocking off Zelda, because I guess you can trace uh, Dark Souls back to Zelda. Yeah, it's kind of a descendant of Zelda 1, I guess. Yeah. But I'm looking for a descendant of Ocarina of Time. That used to be And I know they made of five games. of those. Like, I'm, I was sympathetic to that idea in 2017 that, hey, they made five of those games. It's time for something new. And then six years passed... And they made another Breath of the Wild and no other Zelda games. Uh, well, that's not entirely... They made one remake of Link's Awakening. That's the only other one you got. A remake's not a video game. That's true. No matter how much they want to convince me it is. <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, it's weird. Like, it's just like... the. Ch- I was th- just thinking more broadly about, like, games culture is basically the only thing that has this specific problem with time. Like... Obviously, time passes at the same rate, and you can still make a small-scale video game, but on a broad, like, mass cultural level, uh, five years meant something different 20 years ago in terms of how the way the culture of video games shifted. Um, now that's, like, barely enough time to make one game if you're, like, making games for a mass audience. Um, which is crazy. I don't like it. That's In most art spaces, that's, like, a long time. Uh, most music genres do not have, like, a peak of five years right in terms of like broad scale like 
you know, dubstep comes and goes in five years. <laughs> and the thing with these like five, six year sequels is they tend to change very little. Like you look at Horizon 2, you right. look at God of War 2, you look at Spider-Man 2, you look at Zelda 20. Those at, on a visual level are basically the same thing as the last game. They have like a few new features added to them, but they basically play the same. Whereas like in a five year span in the PS2 days, you would get four sequels and there would be like weird shakeups in the art style and the gameplay. Um, yeah. Uh, like Wind Waker to Twilight Princess to Skyward Sword. Those are three fairly different games, even within the same basic formula. Um, I don't, I think about those as being like fairly spread apart, but I guess by modern standards, they're not. <laughs> no. Um, cause I, rem- I remember the time thinking, wow, it's been such a long time from Wind Waker to Twilight Princess. Four whole years. Um, four whole years, and I was like eleven, so uh, I wasn't even I wasn't even playing them. But I was like reading game magazines. I was like, "Oh, is there finally a new Zelda?" I guess. Oh, damn. Uh, yeah, it's it's very weird. Um, so the thing I I did do was I I guess it's like a basic uh, gameplay uh reactions, which is Majora's Mask. It's good and weird. Um, but then the thing I did was I spent the last few hours or most of today when I wasn't uh, busy at home, um, catching up, familiarizing myself now that I finished, uh, Majora's Mask on Majora's Mask discourse in the world. And I have to say, what's going on with that? <laughs> what, what have you been, what have you been watching and reading Jackson? So I found a video that was like, um, well, first of all, I found people talking about the map hat video about the, the grief theory or whatever. Um, <laughs> And then I found another video that was like, I've also solved, I've solved the mystery of Majora's Mask. And you know, Majora's Masks, it operates on multiple levels. Like there's a literal thing that happens, but also the literal things, uh, they mean something. So like Link dies at the start of the game, but he doesn't actually die because, you know, Link, uh, he, he lives and continues on and is in Twilight Princess in some way. And we, we know what happens to this Link. But also he, like, he does die because it's about coming to terms with death. So like... And then I was losing my mind because I'm like, that's just, you just described a story. Like, yes, a story has things happen, but it's made up because it is a series of signifiers that you can interpret in different ways, uh, different ways and provide different readings. That's what a narrative is. You can do that with any story. You can do that with Ocarina of Time. That's just all games, all stories, all anything. That's what it means to read a text. And it was being presented as if it was this revolutionary new idea that no one had ever done before. Um, and then I was sort of arguing, was like, is it about trauma or is it about uh, like coming to the death, death? Or is it about uh, whether Zelda abandoned him? <laughs> the theory that it was about Zelda, Zelda abandoning Link, but it relies on information from the Hyrule story published like a decade later. So I don't understand why that matters. They were making that up. <laughs> I think this is mostly a game about like teaching kids to be kind to their friends and to forgive them when they make mistakes. Yeah. So I really like the story of this game. I think it's good fun. Um, I think it's a little spooky. Uh, I, I, I definitely thought that like, wow, there's a lot of reaches in these analysis. Oh, not even reaches, because I don't even necessarily disagree about like the validity of these reads. Uh, you can read this game in various ways and through various lenses that will like bring. It, it absolutely suits itself to like the grief read. Like you can read it in uh, the these ways of like what did this game say about trauma and grief uh, the thing that was surprising was how much that was through the gamer lens of like solving puzzles like it was presented in the four hour I've solved Twin Peaks video style um, and not the I'm playing a video game and thinking about it style that is normal to me <laughs> did they bring up that uh, 
when you're rolling around as the Goron, it's better to not touch the stick because you have to just have faith. Um, that did not come up in any of these. <laughs> I remember that was a very popular read back in the day. The, uh, I, it is true, I guess. That's the thing about all these is that usually they're not wrong. They're just no, presented just the, in a really extra way. It's just the tenor of them, right? It's like the yeah. the breathless tenor of discovering a video game can have themes, which I guess for a lot of people, Majora's Mask is uh, the first game they played that had like themes in this way, which isn't to say that they were playing games that didn't have themes. Ocarina of Time has just as many themes because it's a text you can read it but it is a game that invites thinking abstractly more than ocarina right it just doesn't make as much literal sense you have to engage with it on a different level um and it seems to be that there are certain nintendo youtubers who have never done that before or since with any other video game (laughs) i guess it is less of a thing in later zelda games like in, in breath of the wild and tears of the kingdom they're very explicit about everything to a fault um, yeah, I, I didn't finish. I've played a bit of Breath of the Wild, but I didn't finish it, and I've obviously not played Tears of the Kingdom, but I, I, they do give you some real-ass lore backdrops, uh, and they do explain everything that's going on at all times. Meanwhile, here, Link wanders into a Dark Souls kingdom, and they never really explain what the deal is with that. Um, the thing I found interesting with the people trying to work out, like, what ter- like how does Terminal relate to Hyrule? Basically, I mean, it doesn't. It's a new, it's a new game. It's a new story they told. It's not, it's not a. They're not building a like logical cosmology. Um, at least they weren't at this point. This they were not thinking about the Hyrule story when they made uh, Majora's Mask in a year. They would promise you, they were not thinking about this. Do you, do you want me to tell you my read of Terminal's relation to Hyrule? I would love nothing more. It is literally underground, and Link falls through a big hole in the Lost Woods. Yes. There's a, there's a big dome. The sky is just the bottom of a dome. It terminates literally underground. It's a physical place. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, that makes sense to me. Because, um, I mean, he like he, you go down the rabbit hole, right? That's like how the game begins. Yeah. Uh, which is another, uh, you know good fun one that i promise you a lot of the fans are having good fun with that one it's their first time seeing a down the rabbit hole reference apparently um i just took it as like i guess similar to um uh link's awakening not as explicit because like link's awakening is literally a dream you see him on the boat uh but i did take it as similarly just like here's the new strange land he's ended up in i wasn't questioning it too much i guess yeah, I was reading an old fan site uh, called The Oddity of Hyrule from 1999 reacting to preview footage. And it seemed like the popular consensus back then is that this was basically Link's Awakening Dream World style, mm-hmm. created by uh, the antagonist even, which oh. is what they eventually wrote in the Zelda Encyclopedia. Yes, I did see the, like, the Skull Kid dreamt it all and you're all <laughs> going through the Skull Kid trauma because it's... This is this is actually the one that made me laugh the most. Is the idea, and apparently this ended up in the Zelda Encyclopedia, so I, <laughs> Nintendo also know about this. Uh, but the idea that it's not just uh, like a Dream World situation, but it's specifically a Dream World of the Skull Kid, the guy you got a heart piece from in the last game, uh, and his <laughs> trauma that you're solving, um, because he did, he does have that one line at the end saying you smell like the uh, like uh, forest. 
Akira that taught him the song. Um, so it has to be the same Skull Kids. <laughs> I think it's definitely the same Skull Kid. I don't know if he created this world out of his trauma, but I do think it's the same one. Um, I think the interesting reads to me uh, was the reads about what it says about Link. Um, I assume you have yeah. you have uh, feelings on this because I have uh, a very different view, I assume, in that I don't care about Link as a character. Link isn't a character uh, to me because Link is me. I'm playing the video game. Link's me. When we're talking about Link's trauma, uh, talking about it's like doing basic metaphor stuff about be kind to yourself and forgive yourself and and uh get stronger you know normal kids movie type stuff um but i assume for zelda fans like that stuff does take on a different meaning and in the youtube videos it took on a very funny edgelord meaning of like you have to understand link was like a soldier that like bore the sins of the world in the last game and now he's been cast out and has to face the true darkness of his heart uh and i wasn't thinking about that because i just don't think about link as a, like a character with personhood in that way and i wonder how that plays to a zelda fan like who has actually like thought about that <laughs> So I also don't think of this Link as really okay. having much of a personality, mm-hmm. but he has had a lot of weird shit happen to him, which kind of creates spaces for you to fill in a character. Like he's mm-hmm. kind of a child trapped in the body of an adult, retrapped in the body of a child. So yes. now this game has a bunch of weird things about adulthood where like you're not considered an adult until you have a sword so you can't leave town. Or like uh, when you do the quest for Kremia, she recognizes you as an adult so you can go drink in the bar. And then if you do that again, she puts your face into her boobs. Classic uh, JRPG hijinks there. And then, of course, Cafe was an adult turned into a kid, just like Link. So he's kind of the Link of Termina. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think it really coheres into like one theme but it is just something that's sprinkled around in an interesting way i love when you get the big mask at the end if you do all the side quests um the uh what's it called the like dark fierce deity. deity fierce deity that's it uh and it's the, the description when you get it is like this is as it's like as basically it's like, can you survive the dark power just like majora's mask <laughs> Uh, and you, you put it on and I'm like what's this dark what's it gonna be what's the like final reveal uh, gonna be and you just turn into adult Link from um, uh, Ocarina of Time not exactly you've got like a cool you've got the fucking ultimate blade over here <laughs> um, and then you press B to beat Majora really easily Re- you know what it doesn't it's real easy it's real easy when you get it that way uh, it's so funny that how completely it trivializes the fight and I realized playing it, they're like, oh, I wasn't supposed to, like, because I, I did everything and, you know, because I wanted to because that was how I was going to play the game and talk about it on the, on the podcast. Uh, but I realized as I was playing it, oh, you're not meant to do, you're, this is meant to be like a I've played this game three times situation. You're meant to, this is meant to be a catharsis of this thing that challenged you finally, like, falling. <laughs> but instead, I just crushed it the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was complaining about mainlining the side quests before, but I bet it would be a lot better if I just beat it normally and then came back to it later to finish up the side quests. I 100% just with how I played it in over the course of like a few weeks that were not very great weeks in my life uh, where I had a lot of other things to do. Um, 
was definitely thinking that like, this is not the ideal way to play this game i shouldn't be playing it on a deadline i shouldn't be playing it even thinking about how video games are. i should be playing at age nine where all i do is like poke up the the map right and like i'm gonna get a little further each time uh and i'm gonna my understanding is gonna play out and over the course of a few months uh after school i like eventually figure out how to beat it and then i eventually figure out how to beat all the side quests or get the masks uh it feels extremely like a game to be consumed the way kids consume games um which is just not what i'm used to i'm used to games that are like meant to be beaten in eight to twelve hours and they're designed for adults because that's who plays games in uh, 2023 um and um i don't even mean that as a negative i mean it's negative in that i don't like being an adult in 2023 <laughs> and it means my life is less amenable to playing video games but it definitely feels like I, this game would work better uh in the situation that like it's designed for four kids uh which i thought was very thoughtful like you know that's not which is not necessarily true of ocarina of time which i think is much more suited just i'm plowing through it like a fucking video game and getting that shit done yeah i think you're right that the cycle is very well suited to kids who like probably can't get through a dungeon on the first time but what bit by bit they learn it I actually first played this before I had a 64. I played it in a dentist's office. Oh, nice. Where I only played it for like 10 minutes at a time while in the waiting room. And I got really good at learning all the schedules of Clock Town because I couldn't figure out how to leave. Uh, yeah, that'll that'll do it. Because you, you didn't get the um, you didn't, you didn't get to the like the, the bombers getting you into the hideout for the observatory. No, I, w- I think I might have gotten into the observatory, but then I got called into the dentist. Okay. And, 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 you know, you don't go to the dentist that often. That's true. That's true. Like once every four months ma- at maximum as a kid? I would say six months as a kid. Yeah. Uh, probably a year, honestly. Um, really, it really depends what... I, I'm thinking my own history. It depends how privatized the dentist got. At one point, they were on the NHS, and I was, it, was, it was much easier to go to the dentist back then as opposed to now, where I just can't. So thank you for that, world. <laughs> Did you get any frame drops on the 3DS? Uh, quite a few. Uh, it does not run super great, but it wasn't like a problem. Just when I was doing like certain attacks, it would uh, drop a few times. But I wasn't playing it in 3D. I was playing it in 2D, so maybe that makes a difference. I was kind of shocked at how smooth this feels, even at 20 frames per second on the 64. Mm-hmm. I guess because they just keyed all the animations to it. But then that makes me wonder, why don't games do that today? Um, I sh- I think they don't do that today because it's just looked down upon as like bad practice. Everyone complains, basically, as soon as you can't hit 144 frames on the best GPU on a PC. Uh, it is better to to uh not keyframe things like that because if you do then you can't scale it to other platforms you can't bring it down or up to wherever you're like porting it um so it does make it annoying and then like say any ps2 game that did this whenever it gets ported to pc people complain that why is it why is it locked to 20 (laughs) frames per second why is it locked to 30 frames per second why can't it be unlocked It's, it's 20 years old uh no one understanding what hard coding means um but i do agree it's a good aesthetic choice this has maybe one of my favorite examples of frame rate drops enhancing the experience because every time I would charge up the the Goron roll, the frame rate would drop to like three, That's and then amazing. it would go back to twenty as soon as I shot. So there was a really good sense of speed to it. That's amazing. Yeah, I didn't have that on the Goron, uh, the Gor- the Goron form, but it was my favorite way to travel. I love the little Goron wheel. 
I love all the little Goron sounds. The Gorons are so cool. They're just the coolest guys in Zelda. Uh, I remember they're a bit racist in Ocarina. Ocarina of Time is a very racist video game. That's just true. Yes. In many, many, many ways. Uh, and it was nice to see them like keep all the guys I liked, but just tone down that stuff. Uh, they're just placed in a little bit of a different context here. Um, obviously, we don't have the part where it's about uh, Ganondorf, uh, who <laughs> it's one of the most racist characters in video games. Just like here's the this, this scary brown man, the only brown man in his culture, and when he comes to town, uh, he will end the world uh, with impurity, and we must restore uh, the Hillian Kingdom uh, with like. <laughs> The, the most yes. Aryan couple who have ever lived. Uh, and I'm like, are you just doing this on purpose? You just, okay, all right, don't worry about it. But uh, obviously anyone who's played Ocarina of Time knows that in doing that, they book him too strong and they just make Ganon really cool. He's There's a lot of debates and we were posting about this like as to whether Ganondorf <laughs> is misunderstood or not. Um, and I don't think it's that he's misunderstood. It's just that the game's fiction. And so you know when the game is saying he's evil, you don't agree because he's too cool uh, and it would be racist to agree. So we have to just stand Ganondorf. He's, he plays the organ like that. He's sick. <laughs> he's so cool when he plays the organ. Uh, he's he's awesome. Look at him. He's, he's got the beard. He's got the fucking like grin. He plays the organ when you come in to fight him. He rules. He, Everyone loves Ganondorf. He has an amazing laugh. That's so true. That's the thing about having no voice acting is when you do have voice acting, it's really good. Um, yes, the the okay. One of the greatest scenes in video games is you push you push the Zora to the beach, and then he stands up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and he sings this little song about the the plight of the eggs, and he's like, "Yeah, baby," and then he falls down dead, and I was losing my <laughs> shit laughing. I was like, this is amazing. This is video games. This is why we play video games. I love this shit. That ruled. That was so funny. <laughs> How did you feel about the Zora living in like a weird music commune? Um, I thought it was good fun. It just made me think that like, Zelda is just about music a lot. I didn't, I don't know why. Just, I don't know how much this continues after this point. Cause I'm, I'm mostly familiar with the pre- uh, this game's like, you know, only played a little bit of Breath of the Wild. But uh, between the Ocarina, uh, between how much music stuff is in this game, is like even more than Ocarina, and then Link's Awakening being like all about the uh, instruments for the windfish, um, music as like a form of communication to have an effect on the world is like a central Zelda pillar at this point, which may- maybe it goes away in immediately the next game and never comes back again. I don't know. But that was my feeling here. It was like, it's really like thematically central to all these cultures. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's still in the next three Ocarina sequels, but definitely less emphasis on it. I I also really liked the way the way you use magic is through music, basically. Yeah. Well, the, the difference in Ocarina of Time is the Ocarina of Time has the magic through the music in the Ocarina, but this explicitly because you like put on the masks and transform into other uh, like people. The the different forms of performing the ocarina songs like say something about the culture that they're from, right? When you play the drums uh, for mm-hmm. the Goron, uh, for the lullaby, uh, the the like tiny Deku saps can like make these incredible noises with their massive horns. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then uh, the Zora have just like bands because they're cool guys. <laughs> um, Hell yeah! 
I re- I really liked it. I thought it was I thought it was good. I didn't necessarily have a coherent like thematic take on what it all says, but it is definitely like a core idea here. Uh, uh, and I definitely enjoyed going to the weird Zora homeland. I both the, the Goron and the Zora homelands here are just so much cooler than they are in Ocarina of Time. Whether the most hello, I we live in a water place. Here is our big king. Um, or hello, we live in rock place. Here is our big king. <laughs> Uh, which is not how they are here really at all. No, the Zora music hall is like really colorful. They do a really good job of, it's still basically the same texture, but then they just color it differently. Mm -hmm. So it looks very vibrant, but it's like made efficiently. Yes. Uh, The asset reuse in this game is so cool because I know it's like the famous thing about it, Um, but it, it's very strange how you said, because you mentioned in like the new Spider-Man game takes five years to make, but it looks basically the same. But I know that that's not true. Like technically under the hood, they have done infinitely more work than has been done in Majora's Mask in how the new Spider-Man game compares to the old Spider-Man game. But the aesthetic impact of whatever changes have been made uh, creates just an updated version of the same ideas. Whereas this uh, is remixing the literal actual assets from the old game it's, not, it's barely even changing the assets uh but the aesthetic impact of how it presents them is so radically different uh and i would like some uh modern development practices to take influence from this please it's really good actually yeah i didn't even feel a sense of asset reuse because like the environments are all new there's a ton of new enemies there's a ton of new items they reuse the npcs but that's clearly like in a very intentional way to create a weird vibe to it but this this feels like a different place than hyrule um yeah i didn't mean that necessarily negatively i felt the asset reuse in that i recognized things from ocarina of time um but i mean that as a positive i never was like oh i can't believe it's the same guys yeah Um, yeah it's fun to see like the spaces reused in uncanny ways. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, I mostly had, I had a good time and then I came out like it was, it's very funny. It is very funny that we did this one. I was doing Shemu as well. And I'm like, it's not even the best clockwork action adventure game <laughs> released in 2000 on a failing console that I've covered this week. Um, <laughs> like it's just so hyper specific uh, that I accidentally did those at the same time. Cause I, uh, Shemu ended up being one of the true greats, but um, this is fantastic too. I, I still really enjoyed it. Uh, and I think a lot of my criticisms are like, in the context of it being so beloved now because i know it, at the time it was it had a little bit of an mgs2 arc in that it wasn't necessarily it was thought of as like the weird follow-up right to one of the best games ever um yeah and nintendo fans will keep that chip on their shoulder for decades <laughs> yeah whereas now i just hear it talked about like as the classic philosophical game uh it's about all these incredible ideas did you know it's like a buddhist masterpiece i'm like yes i I recognize the very basic buddhist ideas it's pulling from it's not that deep um skyward sword is where you get the really good buddhist ideas yeah i'm like i'm not saying it's not there it's obviously there but there was there was an extremely orientalist twinge to how the white guy was talking about this who you know you know what i mean and like you know this japanese game is pulling from some buddhist cultural traditions like yeah i fucking did mate i recognized it you're being weird 
I want to post a screenshot for you. It's from the ancient cistern in Skyward Sword. Tell me what you see here. Um, all right, let's take a look at this. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, there, there we go. Uh, that's it's just, that with the, the pussy. Yeah, that, that is that is with a pussy. They did put a pussy on the Buddha door. Where's What's, the video essays about this? Well, so, okay, I guess I can mention that the video essay did, one of the ones I watched, did talk for a long time about how the Sky uh, Temple, um, or the Sky Tower, I guess, has the, uh, like, the four giant statues look like dicks. And I was like, do they? Like, I guess. But th that's just because they're statue columns. Like, are we reading into it? To, like, we necessarily, like, phallic statues here? Is that what we're doing? I was definitely doubtful. I was like, it's not necessarily wrong. They are big statues that look like dicks. Uh, but I wasn't necessarily reading that. Uh, but that's a pussy on the Buddha door. So maybe I was, maybe I, my mind was too small. <laughs> yeah, I believe that that reading originally comes from 2011, the essay, The Message of Majora's Mask, which is all about how the Stone Tower is about the the worshippers of the four giants making war against the female goddesses of Hyrule, which it's not my read of the game. I, I definitely, I haven't read this essay. I've just Googled it now, and I, it was clearly an influence on, on this uh, uh, video I read. Um, but... <laughs> I was um I was definitely looking at it and thinking like this seems like a bit of a reach. It, it was when it got to the stuff about like the Triforce appearing on the texture on the cubes, but there was also like a human texture, and the Triforce was in the place of their genitals. Uh, I was like, all right, I don't think this is as thematically central to the game as you're implying. Maybe that is what's going on with that texture, but it was extremely like law hunting i don't think this is a game that is hiding its themes i think it is saying the themes openly in cutscenes. i think it has a lot of like points of friction that you can like do interesting reads with uh but i don't think it's secretly i don't think you can secretly decode the one texture with the triforce dick and be like this is why it's a profane attack against the the gods <laughs> or whatever right, so treating it treating it as a decoding thing is so weird because nintendo has been very open and clear that the story is like the last priority for Zelda. They make the game first and then they figure out the story. Yeah. And you can you can tell in this game. It has it definitely has a Dark Souls 2 quality of like you just can feel the team trying to cohere into something behind the scenes in real time as you're playing the video game. Yes. Um which I like a lot. I really like the effect of that. Uh, but it does mean I I don't I'm not like when I, when I see a point of contradiction or when I see something that like might not completely law-wise align with everything, I don't immediately try to decode what that could mean. Um, I just like roll with it, I guess, and say like, this is, gives me different feelings about this thing and, and uh, this is how it impacts my like emotion on the text. Um, but there's a, lot, there's a lot of decoding in the Zelda fandom space in a way that I find very funny because it doesn't really support it at least as far as i can tell it's not dark souls right you don't have item descriptions yeah. that lead to various uh cul-de-sacs and oh there's a character that you can feel the shape of if you put these six item descriptions together and in dark souls that's intentional they did they did that they you are meant to do that and meant to be thinking about it in those terms and i just don't think uh zelda asks you to or trains you to uh which is why i always find the like extreme zelda timeline stuff 
are very funny because uh, the, the games are fairly straightforward and upfront about what they're about. They're very open games. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's unnecessarily limiting because mm-hmm. to me, the fun about thinking about Zelda lore or the Zelda timeline is because it does not cohere and it's very sloppy and there's a bunch of weird little things in all the games that don't fit together. So it's fun to think about how, oh, if you do it this way, maybe it fits. But if you're trying to decode a puzzle box, then you're just limiting your like imagination. Yeah, it, it turns like experiencing the various games into this like laser focused puzzle that you're trying to solve, which is just not how art works. Whereas if you do it my way, you can deduce that A Link Between Worlds is actually a sequel to Twilight Princess. Well, that's because it was made six years later. That's true. Um, I d- I d- people did love to bring out Twilight Princess in these essays, specifically the stuff with... Because uh, I know t- I know the regular uh, Ocarina of Time Link is in that game as like a statue or a shade or something. and The context was unclear. But seemed like they made it very clear that he just fucking wasted his life and died, which made me laugh. He didn't um, waste his life. It was implied by these video essays that, he, <laughs> that the resolution he found in Majora's Mask did not stick with him. Because he died? Everyone dies. That's, that's what Majora's Mask is Even if you have an epiphany about the meaning of your life, eventually you too will become a ghost. That's true um yeah i don't know i haven't played twilight princess but it did it did it really happened home of like twilight princess makes this link seem like a failure and i was like does it wow damn twilight princess would be fucking dark apparently shields really did shatter <laughs> blades bled blades bled uh, will thou suck or will thou soar <laughs> 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 they're always asking me this <laughs> uh i'm glad i finally finally got majora's mask in me uh finally finally finished it after many years of being asked to um and um thank you for joining me talking about uh this weird video game crystal yeah i was glad to be on here i'm glad that you enjoyed the game yeah had a good time um it was just a little little weirder than i expect oh, not weirder because let both less weird both more normal in that like i was expecting something further outside the formula and also like weirder in that the points of friction i have were not the points of friction i expected to have i thought i knew what majora's mask was uh and it ended up being something a little different and not even necessarily worse just like a little different in focus um to me, that is the lesson of being part of the gaming fandom, is that your idea of a game almost never matches up to what the game actually is. No, and it definitely, like, shapes... Majora's Mask is a very talked-about game. It's a game that, like, very much at this point is a known quantity to anyone who hasn't played it uh, and has so much, like, lore's the wrong term, but, you know, it's the scary Zelda. It's the fucked-up Zelda. It's the one with the weird time mechanic. It's got all these um, defining impressions that you have before you play it especially if you put it off for a fucking decade um, and you finally get to it uh and it just ended up being um just just a, a little less uh i i didn't really finish it i was like there's less story in there than i expected considering how much people talk about the story of this game um it was mostly about figuring out how much to keep resetting the clock so i can get to the right guy to get the mask 
It's mostly just a pretty good action adventure game. Yeah, pretty good. They don't make it like this anymore. I wish they fucking did. But I've still got. You know, I still have a lot of action adventure games from between the years 1994 and 2005 to play. You have three more games like this that you haven't played. Three, two, three. We're counting Skyward Sword in here. Yeah. Okay. Um. It's Skyward. I know. I know. It's still doing these dungeons, but is it still good? (laughs) Is it still is that good? Good. I like Skyward Sword a lot. I understand okay. why a lot of people don't, but in my opinion, it has the best dungeons in the series. Well, that's what I would be most excited for, because the thing I want is some fucking dungeons. I like a good, confusing dungeon where I spend about 20 minutes being like, ah, what do I do? And then I slowly figure it out, and I feel very satisfied. That's basically what I'm looking for from Zelda at this point. I think you'll like it, because one of the common complaints of that game is that it kind of doesn't have an overworld. Instead, the overworld is kind of like its own dungeon as an approach to the real dungeon where you progress linearly and solve puzzles on the way to the dungeon. Um, that's exciting. Maybe I will enjoy Skyward Sword because because of my um, Resident Evil, like, uh, I prefer Resident Evil when it comes to uh, action adventure games of this type. And that, those are like, what if there was one four hour dungeon is kind of how a Resident Evil game is designed. Uh, yeah. everything interconnect there is no overworld it's all keys to open doors um and uh so taking Zelda in more of that direction is interesting to me i guess but i i, I will be playing wind waker at some point in the future i can't say when it all depends on my wrist situation uh as to how much gaming will be getting done um but i would like to continue forward with zelda whether i'll get to twilight princess is another matter uh because i know that one's uh longer and annoying and also i don't know how my wii u is going to hold up <laughs> Same. Was the Wii U still kicking? I was I got it working again, but I was having those like you load it up and it has data error issues. Oh no! Thing that people were getting recently when they were like shutting down the store and everyone was reloading up their Wii U to find out that Wii U had died in the last four years since they used oh, it. No. <laughs> um, and I did. I got it loading. I got Twilight Princess working. And I tested it. I was like, oh, I guess we're back. Uh, but I haven't used it again in those six months. So we'll see when I eventually get to it do not have faith that it'll hold up for both wind waker and twilight princess uh and nor do i have faith that nintendo will ever re-release them it's it's i why haven't they re-released them because no one could explain what the fuck nintendo were doing i don't know <laughs> they, they, but they had long gaps with no Zelda where they could have released them everyone would have been very they've, they've got them they're basically done the games are done that you just have to port them from the wii u to switch you have to make any changes, I guess, like, I know, it's fine, I won't, com- people will complain, and it's worse, they're right, the Wind Waker art style in the Wii U version is worse, but I'll put up with it, and I'll just play that version, it's fine, uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know, they're just on the Wii U, they're just trapped <laughs> with uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X. Uh, but thank you very much for joining me, Crystal. Yeah, thank you, Jackson, for having me on. Of course, would you like to plug anything before you go? Yes, you can find the podcast I'm on at audioentropy.com. There is Book of Medora, which is the Zelda podcast I mentioned before. And I'm also on Eidolon Playtest, which is an actual play podcast uh, about a game where you have Eidolons, which are kind of like personas or stands from JoJo. Yeah, By the time this dragons. comes out, the uh, the campaign that I'm GMing, it's a four-episode miniseries based on the music of Blue Oyster Cult. It's about Eidolon doctors who use their Eidolons in the hospital to nice. treat patients. 
Yeah. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, go check that out, please. And uh, you can find me at headfallsoff on twitter.com. You can find the podcast at abnormalmapping.com uh, and support the Patreon at patreon.com slash abnormalmapping uh, for however much you want. At $1 a month, we have The Great Gundam Project. We're watching Gundam Double O right now and having a great time. Uh, at $5, we have Blockbusters, which is coming back now that the strike has ended. We'll be coming back soon, uh, probably in December. Uh, and at $10, you have VoIP Life. Uh, which is me and M goofing off uh, every couple of weeks and um, having a good time. So, yeah. Thank you very much for joining me, Crystal. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Glad I finally ticked this game off my list. Um, and uh, I'll see everyone later in the month for the normal mapping uh, grab bag that we're still doing. So, goodbye and goodbye. Goodbye.